Welcome back to the Best of Real Presence Live. Our next segment features an interview about the goodness of farm life. We are having our first guest. We're joining him, Paul Heiberger. Paul, welcome to Real Presence Live. Good morning. Wow, so good to hear you. So, Paul, tell, tell us, where, where are you coming to us from today? Where do you live? Okay, I live uh, on a farm uh, northwest of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I tell you, South Dakota, beautiful country down there. My wife and I, we drive down to see our daughter in Denver. And uh, I tell you what, we, we said if there were, North Dakota's wonderful. We love it. But, you know, there's certain aspects about South Dakota, especially when we might be, uh, say, uh, 10 below in Fargo. And, you know, down there in Sioux Falls, you might be 15 or 20 above. We kind of go, yeah, you know, <laughs> might not be too bad. Or, or probably even better, when we're still down in the 20s and teens and you guys are in the 50s, right? You know, that's nice. But anyway, that's great. I, I I grew up on a farm myself, Paul, so that's great. But tell us a little bit about the beauty of farm life and uh, and how it's affected you and your faith. Okay. Well, uh, farm life has given me uh, a connection with, with God, um, you know, through the soil and, and through the livestock that I take care of. And uh, really just, just how these... Uh, mainly in the animals, how, you know, they need to be nurtured and taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's true uh, with animals and people as well. So it's, it's easy to, on a very uh, simple basis, you know, connect with uh, baby calves and baby pigs or, or uh, something that's hurt. And then uh, and to grow that and bring that to people, you know, because it's just such a simple thing. And, you know, really farming is, is all about life. Everything that we do, we're trying to grow life out of the soil and, and create new new life in, in, in the way God has given us, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's, that's so true. You know, I, I love that analogy to life, uh, Paul, because obviously... You know everything. You know God created life and, and all in all its forms, right? And I, I can't help but think about uh, being stewards of the land again. Being from a farm myself, you know we, you know the farm. I should ask you this, Paul: Is are you like on a family farm that that you've had for generations, or is it something that you just bought? Tell us a little bit about the history of your farm. Okay, so the the background is my father was raised on a farm mm-hmm. in the '30s and '40s. And things were tough back then. And then so he, he actually went to town and got a job. And then uh, um, he moved us out back out to the country in uh, 1973. And, and I was about 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And so then I wasn't from the farm. So it was probably different for me than for others. And okay. just, just to, to learn how to farm kind of by myself in, in ways, you know, uh, making a lot of mistakes. And, uh, they had kind of learning to live with those. And so it was real, it was a uphill struggle at, at times, but it's, it's, it's been a quite a blessing, especially as I get older and started realizing at first is more of a business attitude. But as I get older, I've been really coming to the realization of, of, you know, what we're doing out here and, and maybe more so of what it is that we, we should be doing more so um, just the connectivity with, with the land and the animals and God is just, you know, slowing down enough to, to do that as I get older. And so my, my farm is a livestock farm, and, and uh, I have six children, and 
in, in that uh, they got a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. from being on the farm. They got to work with their hands, and it's fun to sit around and listen to them. They got lots of stories. They're all they're all in college or or out of college and starting families now of their own. But it's fun to hear some of their uh, stories when they're younger about oh the hard days work that we did and things like that. So. It, it, I think it drew them close to the soil, even though none are, are here farming with me now. They, they, they're they either married to someone who's going to farm or really are, are there, there's three of them in the medical field. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just that nurturing aspect maybe came through to them. Exactly. You know? No, that that's true. We're talking with Paul Heiberger here about the beauty of of farming and how it influences our faith. You know, I've heard it said in you know many times, and I think it's true that you know the biggest gamblers in the world are farmers. And of course, that's from a secular point of view. Maybe we would say it takes a lot of faith and trust in God in any area of our life. But I think it's especially true in farming because there's so much on the line every year. You're putting literally thousands and thousands of dollars of your money into the ground or into these livestock, hoping and praying that God will give you a return on that. Talk to us about how, how your faith enters into that, Paul. Well, Tim, that is so true. Um, when when you're farming, it, it's, I don't know how you farm without God, because mm-hmm. it's, you're just going out there and you have to just trust. And, and I know that if you don't have that trust, things can be very nerve-wracking, especially in a year like this. Uh, so much uh, anxiety out here because we're so far behind in our planting and it's, you know, rain coming and it's, it's just in talking it's, with people, it's like, well, you just, you just have to trust that this, this is the Lord's will. He controls everything. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it, this is, this is just what you have to do, but you're, you're correct. And it's like every, we get so much money wrapped up into farm ground and livestock and trusting from day to day that we'll have grass for the cattle or in a drought or a flood or, you know, um, just just in our farming practices and things like that, how, you know, it is trying to take care of the soil, but not always doing, not always accomplishing, and then there's this struggle, and that's like, you know, you want to do, but then you get caught up in that of like, okay, but I can make more money doing this over here. So there's always that struggle, which is true for no matter what job you have of, well, long-term and short-term things that farmers have to make all these decisions, you know, about finances, about short-term finances, what's best for the land, what's best for your family, what's best for people long-term, you know, chemicals that we use. It's just, there's, it's just can be overwhelming if you, if you let it be, but if you, if you're just still in trust in the Lord in these times and they get anxious, it's just like, okay, he's got a handle on this. It's, it's not like we're going to starve. We just have to trust that this is his will, you know? And mm. so that, that makes uh, a great difference in my life when, when I get anxious. And like I say, as I, as I get older, it's, it's um, I see that more clearly. I don't get quite as anxious as I used to. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. We're talking with Paul Heiberger from South Dakota about the beauty of farming and, and faith in God. You know, a couple of things come to mind when you say that, Paul, you know, talked about the anxiety and stress and certainly we, everyone feels some level of that in their lives. I've heard, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, the farming community, you know, there's farmer suicide rates are up, all this kind of stuff. And you talk about that. That's key because of the stress, because of the anxiety. But when we trust in God, realize that we're stewards of this land, even though you quote unquote own the land, you know that God owns everything. You've said that. And that's such a great point, Paul. And also that 
God calls us to be faithful, not successful. Be faithful, and and the success will come from that. That takes a lot of faith, but I I appreciate you, you doing that, Paul. Let's let's dig a little deeper into your family. You talked about how your kids have you know they're out of the house, either in college or past college. What type of legacy do you hope they take with them, and what kind of things can we learn uh, about our faith in God from farming and the farm life, Paul? Well, I, I think farm life will teach you you patience. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, is such a good virtue, you know, to have with, with other people and even with yourself or, mm-hmm. or, or in our dealings with the Lord. It's like we always want it right now, you know. So <laughs> you got patience that that crop will come or, you know, okay, calving time or, or this all this. Patience is a big thing, I think, that um, you, can, you can get from farming, you know. And a, a closeness to the land, it, it just... Um, it seems like the more dirt you get under your fingernails, and I, 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 people in town are the same way. Uh, you, you know, when you start gardening and things like that, you just you just feel this more closeness to God. You see the the wonderful fruits that that grow in your own little garden, or out in the field where we do things in a much bigger way. You know, or in that baby calf that's born and is running around bucking and kicking when he's just a couple hours old, and it's just it's just the the miracle that that life is really it's just it's it's and it's the 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 great part about it you never you really never get tired of seeing that if you slow down enough to to look at it and say wow this is the best of real presence live we're currently bringing you an interview with a farmer in south dakota talking about the beauty of life on the farm isn't that it's 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 just uh it's just amazing. I love this time here because all these baby calves and when we used to have pigs, uh, it's just and just just birth and new life is exciting on the farm. And, and whether you're maybe if you're a cropper, it's, it's that it's that good uh, crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you do that that um, you know you grow it, you grow it for the Lord. And if it if it if it doesn't come about. Um, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. I mean, there's many years, and this could be one. We're just not going to have a crop or a very small crop because it's in the hands of the Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. so true, great points. We're talking with Paul Heiberger about the beauty of farm life and the faith it brings. You know, I just before we started the show today, Brandon uh, came in and uh, showed me a video he just took this morning. It was great. He lives out uh, in, in a rural area, and uh, th- he had a video first of the chickens, then the rooster crows, and he pans over to the right, and you can see the sun just coming through the trees. He said it was actually shining on his boots, and so you see this idea of a new day, new life. One of the things that farming really does, it really gives us the, the seasons, doesn't Every day is important. The seasons, you know, fall, winter, spring, summer, the idea of the crops growing. We see this cycle of life in everything we do, and I think that really brings it home to us. At least it did for me in farming. Yes, absolutely. The changing of the seasons is—it's uh, it's just so. I, I love living up in the north because we do have a changing of the seasons. Mm-hmm. It's all—it's always that new. The you know the harvest and, and the oh the the you know you talk about twenty below zero weather was it's all hunkering down for that or, <laughs> or preparing your cattle for that, getting them to the right spot out of the wind and making sure they got feed for that day or another day with the storm coming. It's just all these different changes that that um, that the weather brings. And the beauty of spring right now, of course, everybody loves spring. I'm standing here and the birds are singing around me and I'm in the pasture and it's just, you know, it's, it's just quite a blessing to be able to to actually receive that, 
is this hey this sunshine which we needed so badly you know it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's beautiful, yes. Exactly. I'm sitting there thinking that people pay good money, Paul, to, to get to an environment like you and I lived in every day on the farm. Isn't that something? The peace, the quiet, the tranquility, the closeness to God, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's just you're just able to get so close to God out in the country. For me, mm-hmm. you know, that I, I just love being out in it and and um, enjoying it. You know, I just. There's, my favorite thing to do is is uh, to go check cows in the pasture. We we do. Uh, rotational grazing you know and uh it's just fun to go out there and now the they're, they're the, the birds are nesting there's duck eggs everywhere and pheasant and the new grass and the baby calves and you can just be out there and it's so quiet and it's just like you'd really feel there's a closeness to the lord in that and it's just like you know that's that's i hope that's something that everybody can have at some point in their their life or have that understanding of what that's like you know the quietness of of the the solitude and 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 the prayer that you can have, because everything is so quiet when you're out there. It's just, I mean, it's not a said prayer, it's just in your heart. You know? mm-hmm. Yep, I love it. That's great. Well, Paul, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day here in the morning to really help us to appreciate farming and faith. And I really think whether people are farmers or not, they can take a new appreciation to the simple things that God gives us and the trust we can have in God and the beauty that he gives us each and every day. Paul, thank you so much. Amen to that. Up next on the Best of Real Presence Live, we'll talk about the beauty of sacred places with Bishop Paul Serba of the Diocese of Duluth. Don't go anywhere. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor, and each week we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest additions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. Choose the number one nursing program in the nation at the University of Mary. The University of Mary is ranked number one out of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And University of Mary scholarships give you your senior year free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation, University of Mary. Check us out at umary.edu slash nurses. Thanks for staying with us. Our next segment on today's Best of Real Presence Live features Bishop Paul Serba of the Diocese of Duluth talking about the beauty of sacred places. 
You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Good morning again from Real Presence Live Duluth Edition. Speaking of Duluth Edition, we do have our bishop here. This is Father Rich Kunzlaw, Father Ryan Moravitz, come to you from Duluth talking to our shepherd. Bishop Serva, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Fathers. It's good to be with you as always, and thanks for your efforts on behalf of our local church and the blessings to Real Presence Radio. It's good to have you. It's always good to have the bishop here. It's nice to be back. So one of the, uh, uh, I mean, what we're talking about here is the idea of sacred places. You know, I mean, I think in particular, maybe we're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Land. What kind of experience have you had in the Holy Land, Bishop? You know, I had the privilege of studying there as a seminarian. So a number of years ago, we had, as is true to this day, our seminarians often have an experience of a month in the Holy Land and the Holy Places as part of their seminary formation. And uh, when I was in the seminary, we had an opportunity to spend a semester over there. So I had an extended you know, period of time to be able to um, walk in the footsteps of, yeah. you know, Jesus and be in the holy places. So. Where did you guys live? Because I had the same, similar, I was in there for a semester as well. Where, where did you guys live? We lived in Ein Karim. So the, so where we lived. Were you there? In the yeah, same place? at the youth hostel? We were there, yeah, it was, um, well, it was connected to the church, uh, the birthplace of St. John the That's Baptist. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah, same spot. Same spot. Huh. Yeah. So I thought that you were St. Paul, I thought you guys were in a different location. But Well, the program was one through St. John's University, oh, okay, right. so at the okay. time, this Father Luke Steiner. Yep, He's, he was our guy, too. Is that yeah, right? See, yeah. we, we're, I'm learning something on this show. I that's know you were over there, I know you've been there many times. That just but. shows I'm not as, yo- as uh, young as I used to be, I'm closer to your age, <laughs> Bishop. <laughs> Getting closer all so, the time. Yeah, exactly. So what was your what was your favorite what was your favorite location there? What was your most spiritual favorite location in the Holy Land? You know, I I, I will go to the the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Right. I mean, so the in that historic building, you know, is enclosed the site of the crucifixion and death of our Lord and Savior mm-hmm. Jesus, as well as the tomb of mm-hmm. his resurrection. And so any opportunity that we had, which were a number of mm-hmm. times, you know, to be able to spend praying in that church and, right. you know, um, meditating on the Lord's death and resurrection, dying and rising in order to save us, had, you know, the most significance. It's the heart of it's, what we believe. Maybe to double down on the question, because usually when I ask somebody that question, what was your favorite part of the Holy Land? I say, this other than the Holy Sepulchre. There you go. That's like the given. It's like everybody, sure. and, it's, and it should be, because yeah. it's, it's such a powerful thing. Yep. So other than the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, what would be the place that most spoke to you spiritually? You know, partly where we were, we spent the most time at that birthplace of John the Baptist, and the site of the visitation mm-hmm. um, right across the valley there was significant, so the you know, you were able to walk quite frequently across, so I made visits there, and mm-hmm. I, I must say that holds a very significant place in my own heart, and it turns out, you know, kind of prophetically, I guess, you know, after having been there in the seminary, um, I was ordained on the Feast of the Visitation. Oh, okay. And so there's all, you know, you always think back, it's like, well, the Lord has, like, every detail of our lives right. figured out and everything, and and so it added, a, you know, an additional kind of significance to it. So not, not to hog this, but I'll give Father Ryan a question. But you know, just, you've all just, been there. Both of these priests yeah, have been and led pilgrimages there. And I say that when I've been there, and I've been back several times since I studied over there, when I've gone to Ein Karim, it's like I'm home. It, it is, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, same for me. Hmm. Yeah. Bishop, you know, the experience in the Holy Land is deeply impactful for anybody that goes there. Yes. Um, for you, how did it how did it change your view of the Bible or how did it did it 
that's one of the things people talk about is the impact it has with your relationship with just the Bible, the written word of God. Yeah, and I think that's the encouragement for, I know, the, the Padres here because of the pilgrimages that you've led. I would share the same thing. It, it, it's been described, and I think so rightly, as the fifth gospel. And because of our familiarity with uh, the scriptures and we as Catholics, if we are able to participate in the Sunday Mass you know, rotation as we should regularly we hear the bulk of the scriptures proclaimed to us every Sunday, you know, over the course of a three year cycle. So then to be able to visit the actual sites and they are archaeologically, historically accurate you know, or to be able to go to a field and see the vine and the branches you know, all these images are be on the Sea of Galilee, they're etched into your mind now and, and what you might have had as a preconceived notion before you went there now is, you know, revealed in its actual beauty and integrity and everything. And so that's that's with you then. So I don't know. Is that would how would you describe Father Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. It just comes yeah. to life. I, I... You're listening to the best of Real Presence Live. Now back to more of our interview with Bishop Paul Serba of the Diocese of Duluth on Sacred Places. For me, my favorite place is the Sea of Galilee. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, going there, it just brought so much of his public ministry to life because you can, you can visualize the, the little towns and what they must have looked like because a lot of those ruins you get to go to. But just seeing the size of the lake itself, or the sea, like it, I had this whole different image of what that must have been like. And you get there and it's like, wow, this is profoundly beautiful and simple. And, he, it was a, and not as big, you know. Yeah, I mean, we grew yeah. up on the shores of Lake Superior, so it's kind of like you can't see across it. But the Sea of Galilee, you can see across it. Yeah. You know, so Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Rich Kunzlan and Father Ryan Moravitz talking to you from the Diocese of Duluth, talking to our Bishop, Bishop Paul Serba, in regards to our experiences, our shared experiences in the Holy Land. Um the you know the there's so many different aspects that are so powerful in that idea of the fifth gospel. I have to say that when when I entered into seminary in the major seminary, I really I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it. I didn't get too much into the scripture classes before I went to Israel. When I went to Israel, then I then I went total full throttle I, into it. I believe that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. How it makes it come so much alive. Yeah. No, I I would agree with you. Not that. I mean, I think we both had an appreciation and love of scriptures, sure. but it, you you really do listen to it. Or I think the intrigue of some of the the, the history of things, you know, begins to appeal to another level of your appreciation mm-hmm. of God's word and scripture. And so, you know, the encouragement for, for folks who are listening, I know it's a chance of a lifetime oftentimes to be able to take a pilgrimage, you know, to the holy places or the holy land. And we have many other significant places, you know, Rome in the footsteps of the apostles, uh, shrines to Our Lady and things. But, uh, you know, of the primary ones, it's where Jesus definitely was. where Jesus was. And you know, so, uh, There's a book called From Beirut to Jerusalem, written years ago. And yeah. in that book, they talk about a story about um, uh, Neil Armstrong. Okay. When Neil Armstrong went to the Holy Land, he said to the guy that was leading the tour, he said, I can tell you that I get more of a thrill standing here than I did standing on the moon. Mm-hmm. So obviously he was a man of strong faith. But it, it's it's to make a plug, like the bishop was just doing, to try and plug people to, to take advantage of an opportunity if the opportunity arises. People talk about the safety all the time. Bishop, can you speak to that a little bit? You know, and, and I think you both of you might have been there more recently than I have, but I think... It, 
you know, with pilgrimages today and the attention that is, is, is placed on that, you know, safety is certainly a, a primary feature of that, making sure that people are kept safe and in, in places uh, or away from places where there's danger. But also, the I think the trusting, uh, when those precautions are taken, that, you know, we're all in God's hands at every moment of our day, you know, and, and He holds our life in His hands. And so to, to trust and to take that leap of faith. I would say, you know, and it can be as it's all of the pilgrimages I've been on, you know, joyful experiences that way. So, um, is there anything that surprised you about the Holy Land when you when you went or when you when you got there? Like, can you remember anything that like, wow? Um, you know, maybe the dimensions of it in yeah, some ways, exactly you know, because thinking, it's actually. it's it's 150 miles by 50 miles, and you know, for us in the Midwest, <laughs> you know, that would not seem like a a big dis- distance. Of course, they have more contours. I mean, there are mountains and valleys and things in ways that we don't have in Minnesota. But um, yeah, it's it's just the dimensions of it, and so you could see how. You know, again, coming back to the visitation, you know, Our Lady, you know, walking from Nazareth, you know, in pilgrimage down to meet her cousin Elizabeth. Um, you kind of get, oh, I could, let's do it. That's a caravan. I could see how you could walk that over a course of days or come up to the Temple of Jerusalem, all those kinds of things. It takes on a different perspective. Like the Jordan. The and river. the Jordan, it yeah. is so it's tiny. Yeah, it's it like, is. It's yeah, a, yeah people, it's a, a glorified ditch, really. Well, <laughs> at least. Well, I, I mean, in, I think they drain a lot of water out of it yeah. now, though. Today, yeah, that it well, might have been flowing a little bit more in those days when they weren't doing so much. But sure, but it isn't. You're right. Its sizes of things are tiny, more compact. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking as I asked the question because that's what I was most surprised by. Like, all oh, this is so close. Yeah, you know, and I think you. In my head, I just thought it was probably all so distant. Well, like the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. I mean, he was buried, what, 100 yards away from where he was was crucified. crucified. So it's all in the same church. Yeah. And maybe a tie into this weekend, of course, you know, we're celebrating the Feast of Pentecost and that upper room as a sacred place or a place set apart um, where the disciples were gathered um, and still having some fear yet. they hadn't received the gifts of the Spirit in order to give them that fearlessness about the proclamation of the good news. Um, it was also a place where, like the Old Testament Feast of Pentecost, was fulfilled in the New Testament Feast, where the law that had been written on stone um, now was a law that would become written on the hearts of those who believe the Lord Jesus. And um, for all of us, renewing our own confirmation, opening ourselves to the gifts of the Spirit, celebrating this Feast of Pentecost, ties into the sacred space. Thank you very much, Bishop. Up next on the Best of Real Presence Live, is it possible to exercise too much? That's the interview we'll bring you with Father Mike Schmitz of the Diocese of Duluth. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering a high level of care. We're pro-life and pro-family, so we respect all human dignity while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer clinical services, including immunizations and individualized medication packaging. Mayo Pharmacy is located at 303 North 4th Street in Bismarck. Our number is 701-223-2424. 
Real Presence Live is now coming to you five days a week, bringing you new hosts, new locations, and brand new segments, including Heart of Your Legacy, where, as the name suggests, we get at the heart of giving and how you can leave a lasting legacy, and Honor Our Fathers, where you send us the names of your favorite priests, and we offer special recognition and a dozen donuts to one each week. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live, weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor. And each week, we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. This is the best of Real Presence Live. We now bring you to an interview with the Diocese of Duluth's Father Mike Schmitz on exercise and if there's a point where you can exercise too much. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross joining you from the Diocese of Fargo. And we're going to turn our gaze toward our neighbors to the east in the Diocese of Duluth, as we have. And we're very privileged to have Father Mike Schmitz with us. Uh, welcome and uh, welcome to Real Presence Live, Father. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Hey, Father Mike, this is Father Jason Leffer. Um, we know each other from, from the Focus Days. Great. Awesome. Absolutely. Hey, you know, we don't even need to introduce you because you're, you know, through all of your apostles you do and, and your YouTube videos, which are so awesome, and the and, and the work you do um, with Ascension Press and all that, I thought a great way to enter into this whole topic, could you share with our listeners, now there's this famous video, it's, it's a vocations video of you, you're out running. And there's right. another people involved, and and you, you know you do voiceover and so forth, but you're out running, and then could could you help us understand what's it like to create um, a movie? Basically, we could call it a movie or documentary, or I mean, yeah. what is that like to be out there running and having a? I'm, I'm assuming it was a drone or something that as you're out there running and then giving this voiceover and this awesome appeal to a religious life or vocation. Yeah, no, it was great. It was it was uh, really fun to do, but it was yeah, like you say, it was. I'm like, okay, so we're up at whatever time in the morning because uh, we got to catch the, the sun at this time and you got to do this kind of thing. And, and it was like, okay, Father, you're going to be running a lot this morning. I was like, okay. So <laughs> it was like, we okay, you need to run up that hill one more time. I'm like, okay, well, shoot. Man, I, I personally, I like, I really like running, but I um, really like running on like trails. And one of the reasons I like running on trails is not only because it, it breaks it up, but because no one's back there. Like, I don't actually like being watched while I'm running. And here's a group of people who are not only watching, but they're filming it. And I'm like, man, I bet my form. Dude, it's really funny. Um, where, where our little Newman house is positioned, it's right across from campus. And the road right in front of the uh, the house, uh, where there's a big bay window, um, 
it has a bunch of runners, like all times a day, people running. And I once had a seminarian stay with me here, and uh, he was like, he, he was sitting at the kitchen table, looking out, watching all these people running, and he said, you see, that's why I'm never going to run. I said, well, how come? He says, people, they run. They don't look like they should be running. They look like, and he said, that would be me. And I don't hey. want people sitting where I'm sitting, looking at me out there saying, that guy shouldn't be running. And so Stop that's why I'm never going to Stop talking about me like that. Stop talking about me like that. That's why I'm taking that personally. <laughs> so, okay. But in all honesty now, or seriousness, I guess, what, um, why is exercise so important to the health of your priestly ministry? Yeah. Um, good question. I, you know, I grew up with, um, the, those like what they might call like lifelong fitness type things as a part of our our every daily life for my for my family. So my my dad has done I don't know how many Ironman triathlons and how many marathons he's run and, and you know the Birkebeiner and all these different you know cross country ski races. And my mom has also run multiple marathons. And so um, the sports that we got into, we kind of did the smattering of your team sport, you know, baseball, football, that kind of thing, hockey, of course, because here we are. Um, <laughs> but we really, all of our, my go siblings Bulldogs. and I, we all kind of, in go Bulldogs, yeah, back to back. Um, we, uh, my siblings and I, we really got into those kind of lifelong sports, like uh, swimming and running and triathlon and cross-country skiing, that kind of thing, at a relatively early age. It was just a normal thing for my dad to come from home from work and say, okay, get on your bike, and we're going to, you ride your bike with me while I run. And so... I, I kind of don't know what I would be doing if I didn't have that as a normal part of my daily practice. So if the question, you know, how do I fit that in or how important it is for my, my priestly life, I, I just, it's been a part of my daily life ever since I was able to ride a bike next to my dad. Um, and I noticed that there's been times when I've been injured that I haven't been able to exercise that kind of the rest of, uh, the rest of the day, the rest of the, the, you know, sense of, I don't know what the word is, um, balance is kind of off then. Right. Now, where we want to go with this is kind of a strange place to go, but it's a question which, you know, I mean, it would never occur to me. The question to me would be, Father, how many donuts are too many donuts? You know, how many? <laughs> now, but the question for you is, is there such a thing as too much exercise or, 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 or can it get out of balance? What, so what can you enlighten us about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's like anything. Um, so one of the biggest dangers for many of us, well, all of us actually, is so we think of the scripture is idolatry. And um, what it ultimately comes down to is I think some people, one of their battles when it comes to, say, fitness is going to be vanity. Uh, that sense of, okay, I want to look a certain way. I want people to see me as a, in a certain way. But I think that there are two other more hidden um, struggles. And one, okay, so the first one, obviously, the obvious, most obvious being vanity, okay. Um, but the other two being idolatry and identity. Um, so I remember coming across this years ago that it said that um, this person had pointed out that we rarely make idols out of bad things, <laughs> that... We almost always take a good thing and make it into an ultimate thing. And and so that, I think that's, that's the danger. Yes, there's such a thing as too many donuts. Also, I think there's so much, such a thing as, as too much uh, of anything that will usurp God's place in our lives. And you, know, you can find people who will make um, watching sports an idol. And you can I think you can find people who will make uh, 
participating in sports or participating in, a, in a, anything, you know, athletic and idol as well. Certainly. I think there's actual, and, and you know, there's another level to this too, Father. I mean, I, I have an athletic history too, and I know, but I mean, you know, we talk about drug addiction and things like that and how, how smart you have to be, but I mean, there's act, this actual thing called a runner's high or an yeah. athletic high that you get in, and it, it's actually addictive. It can, it can, it really can. Could you, could you just talk to us about the euphoria of exercise, actually? Yeah. Well, it, it's something that I think is, it's, it's one of the, um, what I would just call like intrinsic blessings of, of uh, moving your body. Cause, because, I mean, we, we've come to a, such a point in, in our culture where a lot of people have a, a you know, sedentary life. And so we don't actually use the thing that God has given, or one of the things that God has given us, which would be you know, our body. And um, I would see that the yeah, runner's hire, that, that burst of endorphins that a person gets, is almost... Um, I've never, I've never known personally anyone who has chased that in the same way that people have chased uh, other kinds of uh, highs. Um, I, I, I think that it's a byproduct of like, yeah, I worked hard, and now um, I'm experiencing this, you know, release of hormones. But it only can be released if you are willing to put the work in, versus almost any other kind of high which you can get, you can purchase really, really cheaply. Um, just for the case of beer or the whatever else would get you high. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that there's, it's, it's a, it's a gift. Um, I don't know of anyone who's, who's abused it, but I'm sure maybe people have. This is the best of Real Presence Live. Right now you're listening to an interview with the Diocese of Duluth's Father Mike Schmitz on exercise and if one can exercise too much as a Catholic. Father, I guess I have a practical question for you because I can only imagine with the uh, requirements in your time and the travel and all the irons and the fire, you know, it, it can be difficult to kind of keep up a routine. What specific sorts of things have you had to do, you know, in order to remain disciplined so that uh, you don't let a lot of time go by without, you know, getting your workouts in? Yeah, that's, that's a great question because um, when I was in, <laughs> again, high school, college, and even seminary, I did a lot. I trained a lot. In fact, uh, looking back, I probably trained a bit too much um, when I was in, even in seminary. I was like, you know, uh, I've got some free time. I will go for another run today. Or, I mean, there were, there were some really long races that I had done. I did a couple 24-hour races when I was in seminary where I just you know, ski constantly for 24 hours. And, and to, to prepare for that kind of race, you really have to put a lot of time in. I did a couple Ironman triathlons as well. And again, to take the volume of training and then the adjustment of, oh, gosh, OK, now I'm ordained a priest. And that kind of time does not exist unless I want to steal it from mm-hmm. the church or steal it from um, the Lord. And I don't want to do that. So uh, I, I just you know, kind of dropped down to running regularly and I would run with our students um, if they ever wanted to run or run with some friends if they wanted to run. Um, but then I got injured uh, a couple of years ago running and uh one of the things that was the consequence was was it was really hard for me to be consistent uh, mm-hmm. because you know when you do the thing and you hurt every time it's like dang it i don't know i uh it's, it's really hard to be consistent sure. and so ultimately what i found was about two years ago i started uh, exercising in a different way i'm sure you've heard of crossfit um mm-hmm. there are a couple different crossfit gyms in 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 the city of duluth and my I have two sisters who do it every day, uh, a brother-in-law and a brother who have been doing it every day since, you know, maybe 10 years now. 
And uh, they were like, you got to do this, you got to do this. I'm like, I don't know, it seems intense, it seems intimidating, I don't know how to do this. And, and I finally did. And um, the thing that helped me be consistent is something I think the church can learn from. I remember walking in one of the first days, and uh, with a the coach there, uh, he saw this other guy come in and he said, Alec, where you been? We missed you. And the guy was like, oh yeah, you know, I've been here and there. And I, the first thing I thought was, oh wow, like they notice if you're not here. And it, that was like, yeah. it, it was that. And ever since then, um, that first day, they're like, okay, we know each other's name. Uh, everyone, like, they make a point of, of recognizing that you're here. Oh, you're someone who's consistent. You're someone who's not consistent. But it, it's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, yeah. you're known, you're missed if you're not here. And I'm like, wow, how can we have a ministry like that where it right. really encourages people to participate because they're like, I, I'm consistent sometimes. Like, I want to be out of town or I'm traveling out of town. I'm like, no, I got to get back for the workout, not just because of the workout, but because, like, I don't want to let those people down. And uh, mm-hmm. and there's something really, I think, positive about that. It can be, of course, um, I think, distorted and used negatively, like anything can be. Mm-hmm. But I think well, there's something yeah. that's what's helped me is, is the consistency because of the community. Right. Well, we appreciate the time that you spent with us today, Father Mike, and uh, all, the bl- uh, all the best to you in your ongoing ministry. Thank you guys, too. Up next, as we continue with the best of Real Presence Live, we'll bring you an interview with the Diocese of Fargo's Monsignor Brian Donahue, sharing a reflection as a former military chaplain on the gift we have received from those who have sacrificed their lives for our country. Keep it right here. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Real Presence Live is now five days a week, bringing you new hosts, new locations, and brand new segments, including Prayerfully Yours, where our priest hosts offer a time of prayer for your specific intentions, and Inspired, sharing your journey, where we hear beautiful stories of faith and hope from listeners like you. Local, engaging, and live, it's Real Presence Live, weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Be sure to tune in for these great features and more. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor, and each week we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. Welcome back to the best of Real Presence Live. We now bring you an interview with Monsignor Brian Donahue, a former military chaplain. He recently shared a reflection on the gift we have received from those who have sacrificed their lives for our freedom. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Chris Euler. And we're broadcasting this morning from Aberdeen, South Dakota, where the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. Beautiful day. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, we're going to continue on this morning with our last guest, Monsignor Brian Donahue. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Monsignor. Well, thanks for being on the air with us today. We, we really like uh, appreciate having you on, especially in light. Absolutely, especially in light of uh, your military service, and then also what we just had on Monday, mm-hmm. um, Memorial Day. So, um, before we keep moving through, and we know you're in the military, can you give us a background of your military service? Yes, uh, I grew up in family. There's seven boys and three girls, and they had three brothers in, in Vietnam. Wow. My dad was in World War II, so I had some ex- exposure to that. Sure. I had a desire to get into the military. The first I could really move toward it was after I was a priest, and about three years after. February 2nd, 1987, I was commissioned uh, chaplain in the Army, and most of my time was with the Ar- North Dakota Army National Guard, 20 years with that, and about seven and a half years active duty. Um, and different places where I've worked with the Guard or with active duty, uh, Honduras in 89, and Germany during the first Gulf War, I lived there. Um, OAF-3, Iraq, I was there 2005, and then uh, the last tour was at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, 2008-2015. to Wow. And then I retired, retired, and the bishop said, no, you aren't, and come back to North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> he had another plan, I guess. He did, he did. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for your service for sure, Monsignor. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate it. And um, I know the troops that you served, I'm sure, appreciated so much that spiritual guidance that you offered to them. Mm-hmm. And so just another question we keep rolling. With Memorial Day uh, in our in our rear view and the 4th of July coming mm-hmm. up here, what kind of significance do those days hold for you? Well, the the 4th of July, of course, is that is the birthday of this country that they're a day of freedom, really, you could say that uh, when when we became our own, and it's uh, it's it's just a big celebration of, of the United States and our existence, and uh, and how how all that came about, and of course Memorial Day is uh, remembering all those who gave their lives so that we have this freedom, and that's something we, every day we need to think about that uh, anything we do in this country, you know. Like down in Aberdeen, any farmers, when they till that soil or pick up that soil, it, it, when you think about who fought and died so that you could do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a big thing to think about. And right. that there's no, when a farmer goes out in the field, there's no landmines out there because yeah. people have given their lives to make sure that doesn't happen in our country. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. I was, I had an opportunity to go uh, this Monday to the North Dakota Veterans Cemetery and uh, visit my grandparents out there and some uh, great uncles and <laughs> That memory is so cherished for so many people, um, especially as that the, the mm-hmm. golden generation. Those folks mm-hmm. in World War II are, yeah. are 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 coming to the end of their life, most of them, and so um, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful opportunity for us to remember the freedom we have. Yeah, and that's a beautiful cemetery they built there. It really is. Yeah, it's very nice, beautiful view of the river, and um, mm-hmm. it's crazy how. How how fast it grows. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And so another quick question here, too. So as you remember those that gave their lives, what are some ways that mm. you uh, can advise us to pray for those who have fallen in the line of duty? Well, for those who have fallen in the line of duty, of course, to keep them in our prayers and in, in our Catholic faith, that they're, 
either moved completely into the glory of heaven or are on their way there, and that they're on the way once they leave this life and they're just being purified, our prayers can go greatly to help that. And I've seen that, I've actually seen that happen in different ways, uh, and how powerful our prayers are for those who are on their journey home to the kingdom. And uh, in Memorial Day, also praying for families. Uh, I was just preaching on it this Saturday evening, and I come to discover that a, uh, a, a mother was not from here, but was at the service and, and listened, and she she had a, a son or daughter, that, that was a son that had passed uh, been killed in the Army. Mm. And so, and that never ends for, for those, especially spouses and parents, uh, and that loss, uh, just like any child, but in, in a special way, of course, as it happened during combat, that they lost someone. So all that we want to keep in prayer, and, and, and so that, and that those who have died, that, that they're, no matter who they are, the place for which they are reposed, that that place is taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And we want to thank you all for tuning in to Real Presence Live. We're here with Monsignor Brian Dinahue of the Diocese of Fargo, who is a uh, former military chaplain, uh, and he's sharing some of his experiences with us. Mm-hmm. So, Monsignor, as you uh, were commissioned to be a chaplain, what what did that look like? So you were mm-hmm. ordained to well, priesthood, yeah. and then you had mm-hmm. to enlist in the military. So mm-hmm. you kind of show right. what was that process like? Well, it was uh, you know my first I, I wanted to go uh, active duty uh, first at the Air Force, went to major seminary, and the bishop at the time, Doctor Bishop Driscoll, said I had to wait till I got ordained. But, uh, and then when I got ordained, it took, still took a while under the next bishop, and finally we agreed I would go in the Army Guard. But it was interesting, during, in 19, oh gosh, it was 79, 80, I remember out in Maryland, the seminary having a vivid dream that I was was a chaplain, but not in the Air Force, I was in the Army, hmm. and I had this uniform on, and I was in the desert during a time of war. Mm. And I remember waking up thinking, where did that come from? Well, sure enough, what, 30, 40 years later, <laughs> whatever wow. it was. That's amazing. I am an Army chaplain in the desert during a time of war wearing the exact uniform that was in that dream. That's amazing. That's the Holy Spirit for sure. Yeah. Wow. This is the best of Real Presence Live. Right now you're listening to an interview with the Diocese of Fargo's Monsignor Brian Donahue about his experience as a former military chaplain and the gift we have received from those who have bravely given their lives in service of our country. So, so as a chaplain... A, can you kind of walk us through what a chaplain does well, in the Army? a chaplain's job, first of all, is to be a chaplain's advisor to the commander's religious program. Any unit chaplain in, in the commander is in charge of all programs and is in charge of the religious program, which deals with all faith groups. And the chaplain is an advisor to the commander in this, uh, on the morale and, and the things like that of the soldiers and the status. And he's chaplain's a staff officer reporting to the commander. And then the chaplain also, according to their particular faith group, like mine being a Catholic priest, I offer Catholic Mass and sacraments for soldiers who are Catholic. But I, I'm, I'm there for all faith groups, not, you know, certainly for the Catholic realm, but I'm there for Lutherans, uh, Jewish, Muslim, agnostic. So it's it's a wide range of things. And then your duties as a chaplain vary according to the unit you're in. I was mostly in infantry units, and so... Uh, in combat zones, like in, in Iraq, I was uh, uh, with scouts, snipers, and rangers, and infantry, and so I was out in the road all the 
20 days a month, and I was one of those guys driving the gun truck you see on TV. That was my job, and I had a bodyguard with me. So it was a busy time. Absolutely. Oh, that sounds pretty intense, Father. Herman mm-hmm. Senior. Very, very intense. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm just thinking about, you know, the counsel you must have given to some of those soldiers. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that goes on. I mean, it's just, uh, it's amazing, really, and what the soldiers go through and everyone goes through. And, and it is such a unique position as a chaplain to, uh, once you get to, you know, it's good, you get in, you have a good relationship with your commander and how important that is because. Decisions need to be made where you, know, you need to advise that commander. They're looking for your input. And and some, sometimes where the chaplain is, can actually take the authority out of the commander's control in extreme situations. Right. Uh, wow. The, and I had that happen one time, and afterwards the commander thanked me because <laughs> he didn't know what <laughs> else to do. <laughs> what a lot of pressure. Absolutely. It's a, yeah, but, but, you know, you pray a lot. And you right, absolutely. Too. Yeah, thank God for your faith to be able to witness in that oh, opportunity yeah. for him, yeah. and, uh, especially when he's got a lot of pressing things on his mind. You, you, you're mm. in persona Christi to him, mm-hmm. right? By your very right. ordination, yep, and so mm-hmm. it's beautiful. So, Father Dev or Monsignor, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up here? Well, I just keep remembering all those, and also uh, people keep in mind, like now soldiers are home and and uh, families and so on, and how how good the VA system is in this country. You hear a lot of rough stories, and I'm sure there's problems, but uh, I most of my doctoring I through the VA uh, system based on Fargo, Grand Forks, and uh, they're just excellent. They've helped me so much, and uh, always gracious and. I can't say enough about the VA system. It's it's really does a lot for soldiers and their families. Wonderful. Sure. Well, All thank right. you, Monsignor. We appreciate yeah, having you on here. It was awesome, and thank you once again for your service and mm-hmm. uh, for sharing uh, sharing part of your story with us today. And uh, we would like to remember all those that gave their lives and uh, those mm-hmm. who gave their their life in service, especially to our country. So, yeah. thank yeah. you. All right. Well, you're most welcome. Thanks for visiting with me. All right. Thanks, Monsignor. All right. God bless. All right. Well, that does it for us this morning, Chris. Already, It was a quick two hours, but there is a show tomorrow, folks, so we don't want to forget about that. Mm -mm. Aaron, can you tell us what's happening tomorrow? Absolutely. We look forward to tomorrow's show. The priestly appointments are in. How are they chosen? Bishop John Fulder will sit down with us to answer that question and others. And Father Timothy Castor of the Diocese of Rapid City will be ready for your questions during our Straight Talk segment from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Give us a call. You got that question on your heart? Definitely he's waiting for you. Then in the second hour, we have Father Tyler Madsen to help us discover how to love more like Jesus and an event coming up in Marvin, South Dakota. We will also have Kevin Lostliben to share about how we are called to help pass on the call of being beloved sons and daughters of God and the call to greatness in the faith. Finally, Brandon Schaefbauer will share some interesting insights on how she got involved with supporting seminarians. All that coming up here on Real Presence Live. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, Chris, it was your first day mm-hmm. being a co-host. How did it go? I thought it went pretty well. I think it went well. I, I, I enjoyed it. I know. I've, I I hope it. I'm excited to keep working at it and getting better. And 
I had a good time, though. It was fun. Well, and that's what I love about Real Presence Live is being able to talk to such a wide variety of people. Oh, yeah. From the region. Oh, yeah. You know? And I'm originally from Rapid City. You're originally from North Dakota. And yeah. so we still get to hear what everybody's up to. Yeah, that's the cool part about <laughs> it. You know? and I got to talk to two people I knew today and yeah. then added Monsignor there and uh, Mr. Uh, Hilfer from uh, International Falls. And so, it was a great show. Yeah, overall, very good show. Well, and if you wanted to tune in and listen to uh, the show that we had today, it's, it will be available later today on yourcatholicradiostation.com. And you can also look at our app um, and download the app, and you can find it on the app also. So, Chris, do you want to leave us with a prayer? Absolutely. Since we started with a prayer and you let us, do you want to Let's close out? it up. Let's okay. go. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Jesus, our Lord, our God, our Redeemer, we just thank you for all the gifts and blessings you bestow upon us. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you and we just continue to ask for your blessing upon this radio station, upon all those who listen and upon all those who work there. And we just continue your mission of evangelization to the world. In your name we pray, through the intercession of our mother. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. One of the things that I see happen is, let's say somebody's been listening to the radio and they pick up an idea, they then sit down with their friends at coffee or over cookies and bars, whatever, and they're talking about it, and that item, then they say, well, let's call Father and get a little, let's double check that. Let's get a little deeper view on it. But also, when it comes to the events, for example, we have a group here, and they look at the faith, and then they move deeper into it. What is the reason for this? Why do we Catholics believe this? And as that group has grown, they've brought others in. They've talked about it. They're reaching out. And it actually evolved into a street ministry where they stood down by Paul and Babe with a cart, with some books, with some medals, with some rosaries, and they encountered people on the street. I was very impressed with that. Very impressed that our people would move forward. Our Bible studies become stronger as people hear the word and then they share it with one another. Real Presence Live is now coming to you five days a week, bringing you new hosts including Father Paul, Father John, and Joe Rutten, Father Craig Vosick, Father Tim Buren, and Father Kyle Metzger from brand new locations including the University of Mary in Bismarck, Mount Marty College in Yankton, South Dakota, and the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. If you're looking for hope, tune in to Real Presence Live, where you'll hear positive and inspirational stories weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. 
Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. 